Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Jim, call the show at 401-737-1287. All right, back here on the Martin Kitchen Show, 401-777-1037 is the phone number. I'll tell you this, Kitch, I've been really impressed with Joe Mazzulla in the preseason. Now, it doesn't mean much. But I feel like he's saying the right things. I felt like he took an introspective approach to the offseason. I think he did some soul-searching, some self-scouting. And I really like what I've seen. I think it's going to be different um, in terms of his ability to handle the media. I thought that was a problem last year. I didn't like him going all Bill Belichick on people. Um, <laughs> there's no need for that. I didn't like that. No. You're nobody at this point. Stop it. Um, I think he realized some of that. Wait, I we think. didn't even like when – we didn't even really like when Bill would do it when they were winning – When he was Bill Super Belichick. Bowl. No. That's a good point. Um, but I, I do think he took a look at the, at the defensive approach about what, you know, some of the things, maybe the weaknesses that he had slash his team had last year in the playoffs. We talked about the analytics and, and going into that. Um, I've been impressed with the progression of Joe Missoula, and I'm even more hopeful based on some of the guys that he has added to his staff. So that's number one. The other thing is, you know, the, the one thing that I'm looking forward to, and I, I sort of alluded to this earlier, the bench is what I'm most fascinated with. I know if the Celtics starters are healthy, those guys are going to ball out. They're going to be really good. They're going to win a lot of games by a lot of points. I can't wait to bet on this team this year and all those things. But who is going to be, who will be my reliable bench players? That is the most fascinating thing. I know Al Horford's going to get his minutes. After Al, who is it going to be? Am I going to have to live with Luke Cornett being a big guy off the bench? Am I going to have to live with Sam Hauser getting an expanded role? Or is, will it be more intriguing options that I've alluded to, the Peyton Pritchards, the Jordan Walshes, or you know maybe even a guy like um, you know Stevens or somebody else that we aren't expecting much from? Could they emerge off the bench and be a legitimate 3 and D type of player? Or impact? I just need impact. That's all I need. I don't need a star. Just a guy that can come in and make an impact on a regular basis. I can't wait to see what players will turn into those players. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting because that's important for the regular season. It's not nearly as important for the playoffs because you have a solid six. You're looking to figure out who's going to be seven and eight when it comes time for the playoffs. Who's going to solidify themselves as a rotational guy? And I don't want to just skip the entire regular season, but you know, this is what's important when you think about roster construction and how you're doing this. Is, is is Pritchard going to be your seventh guy? Well, that honestly is kind of scary. I know he's been really good in the preseason. It's preseason, and he's gotten extended minutes because of, you know, you're not going to play certain other guys. 
I'm a little worried that he is your seventh guy right now. Sure. And then I, as I look at it, I go, okay, is Hauser your eighth guy? And Jordan Walsh, your ninth guy, and Cornette's your tenth guy? That's a little worrying. This team is in position where they're going to – I feel like they're going to need to make some kind of move. You know, obviously, when you first look at it, it's a big. It's some kind of big that can back up um, Horford and Porzingis as opposed to Lou Cornette. But it is a little worrying that it is as top-heavy as it is. But since it's so well-constructed at the top, I'm not worried. I, I'm not ultimately that concerned when it comes time for me. If Pritchard is all right as your third, fourth guard, I think you can get by. But I would still like to see them make some kind of move for a pick. Oh, definitely. I, I just don't want Luke Cornett. I don't want to see Luke Cornett on the floor. I, it's fine if you want to put him out there in garbage time of regular season games. Would you I, bring I in Dwight Howard? I mean, I don't know where he is now after having played in China. It's sort of been a circus over there, wherever he is, Taiwan. Um so yeah, at this point, I would not get that excited about Dwight Howard. No, not not you, now. Yeah, I still might feel a little bit better about Dwight Howard as opposed to Cornette. No, I would more than Cornette. Yes, if if it was asking me to choose between those two, I'd rather have Dwight Howard. You, you look at the role that Howard played on the Lakers. I know this is a few years ago now in the uh, yep. COVID year, but he played his role well as the backup big behind Davis. He did. He did. Um, but they, you know, they are going to need. I mean, who's that going to be? And you said it's not going to be as big of a thing in the playoffs, Kitch. But again, you know, is there somebody else? And maybe it comes from one of the starters. I don't know. But could you get somebody else off the bench that you could throw at a guy like Caleb Martin when he's going off, when he's hot, when he is feeling it, and, and he's ruining a series for you? They didn't have that last year. They never well, that's found what, that guy. That's what you're hoping Jordan Walsh to be. Right. Hey. Maybe he doesn't have the biggest role on the team, but can you throw that guy at a player that maybe is playing over his head but has caught absolute fire? And you trust him enough, the Celtics player, to get you know put in the game in a playoff game where he's not just some, you know, like last year, and not that he was the guy. But based on what he did in the regular season, you were never going to put J.D. Davison really in a playoff game mm -hmm. at that no. point. Can he play enough in the regular season where if it comes to that in the playoffs, you could put him in? And I just like Walsh because of everything I've read about him and his length. He's, you know, what is he, 6'7". He's not 6'1". He's got the length, and if he's as athletic and energized as people are, man, we'll see at the NBA level if it holds up, could he do it? Um, look, the Knicks, I love the fact that they're opening with the Knicks. I love it. That's a good team. You're on the road. We saw what happened there a couple of years ago. You know, the, the, um, they lost at the double overtime, whatever it was. They lost a tough game. This is a big spot, and, you know, I like, I'm more interested in this than if they were opening at home against Indiana or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to be a bigger stage, a better team, and they're going to be put to it. Because they, honestly, last year, they did not have a lot of success with the Knicks. They struggled against the Knicks. They lost so, three yeah. games to New York. That's right. I think they were one in three. This will be a statement, a small one, but if they go in there and take care of business and look good, this would be a small Good, positive step and statement for me, or for them, to me, early in the season. And not that they have to make one, but hey, it's a good team. You're on the road. You struggled like mighty, or you struggled mightily against them last year. Go out there, and you might as well play well and win and make an early statement. It's a new team. It's a new season. 
go do it. And I'm interested to see how they handle it, especially if it's a close game late down the stretch. You know what I'm getting more intrigued with as we get closer to it? What's that? And I still think I still think it's kind of stupid. But, hey, it breathes a little life into regular season NBA. Is the in-season tournament. I think you need to explain it to the listeners that might not understand fully what it is. Dude, I don't fully understand what it is, but I'll either. do my That was really I'll for do me cuz I don't I don't know what it is. I what is the advantage to being in it? Is there an advantage? Uh, there's a financial advantage and then there's a home court advantage. Uh okay. let me just double check what the winner of the in-season tournament actually gets cuz I don't want to miss uh No, that's fine. Um just, just looking at the while you're checking, I'll just comment on the early portion of the Celtics schedule. Uh yeah. you know how I feel about Miami. A, a regular season game against Miami means nothing to me. Call me in May. But, uh, you know, it'll be an interesting game that they play. They did have some tough games against Miami in the regular season last year. And, again, I'm going to reiterate it because the Celtics season is about to begin. Do not try to tell me that a game that comes down the stretch and is close is meaningless. I don't care if it's October, November. That game for this team is going to mean something, good or bad. I won't shove it aside if they come through in that moment and win. That is going to be a big moment for them, and I want to see how they handle those specific moments in general because that was the thing, arguably, arguably, that derailed sort of what they were trying to do last year. That, and they weren't ready, you know, they, the effort wasn't there. They weren't ready to go in that series against the Heat, but it was the close losses. You know, maybe things would have been better. Maybe they would have been a little more prepared for that Heat series if they didn't have to play as many games against Atlanta because they couldn't close when Trey Young hit that ice-cold three. Or mm-hmm. James Harden hits a three, and they have to go more games against Philly. Maybe it's a little different against the Heat. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that point up of how many games they've forced themselves into in the playoffs because I was reading an article about this team, and it was like, no team has ever played more playoff games in a seven-year stretch than this Celtics team. Now that's slightly skewed because every round is best of seven. Now it didn't used to be that way. It used to be three, five, seven, seven. And then it was five, seven, seven, seven. Uh, now mm-hmm. it's seven, 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 seven. It, it, they've cost themselves a, a lot of unnecessary games over the last few years against inferior teams that they should just wipe aside. You know, when we go back to that 08 Celtics team, they had that really difficult series again against the Hawks in the first round. But as you went through the playoffs, they started to kind of figure out to the point where I think they beat the Pistons in five in the conference championship. If I remember correctly. Five or six. It was the 08 Celtics one and six. Over the Pistons? Yes, I was at game six in in Detroit. Okay. So, you know, they started to figure out a better team, but they, they... cut the number of games down. They were smarter in how they did it. This team needs to be smarter on how they're going to attack in the playoffs. So circling back to the in-season tournament really quickly, Yeah. Um, every team is grouped into a pool. Uh, you advance through just like any other tournament. The winner at the end of it, all they get is a trophy and money. So they get plenty of money, which is a nice little incentive. But each of the games counts towards your regular season total. So it's not like you're just going to punt on it and be like, I don't care. I'm going to lose these four games, get out of this dumb tournament so we can get back to it. Cause then you'll be, you'll have four extra losses unnecessarily. So, so since it does matter and it counts towards your um, regular season total, you know, teams aren't going to just completely punt on it, but they're not playing more than 82 games, right? 
No, the only game that doesn't count towards your total is the championship game because they're the only teams that have to play one extra game, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. So in your group, it's the Celtics, it's the Nets, it's the Raptors, Magic, and Bulls. You should be able to sweep that aside. I want them to win this in-season tournament. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean a whole lot, but it's whatever. It's eight extra wins. And I want to see them do it. I would like the Celtics to be the first team to win the NBA in-season tournament. Now, I don't think this in-season tournament is going to last all that long. It's probably going to be gone in 10, 12 years. But, hey, why not? Take me get you on the, the, get you on the right foot. Make it, you know, get that feeling of winning and accomplishing something and carry that forward. Well, yeah, the feeling. I like how you said feeling because the feeling that I need to get when they get down to a close game is that they're going to win. And I think, again, not to belabor the point, but that is the biggest, especially early on, that's the storyline to me. Can they change the feelings that we all got last year when the games were close late? And and can we feel like they're going to win and pull it out this year opposed to finding ways to choke it away? Because um, that is – I don't know, Ben, but when you look around the league, um, it feels like – I don't know if this was the case last year necessarily, but it feels like there are now a lot more teams that you need to take seriously and that are true championship contenders around the league, not all in the Eastern Conference. I mean, in the East, I don't think it, it is as deep, honestly. I think it's the Bucks and not, the Celtics. The, the West is deep. The, the West, West is, is really more deep, deep now. Yeah. Um, it, so funny. in the Eastern Conference, it, it's the Bucks and the Celtics at the top. You still got to give the Heat a little bit of love because, hey, they were the ones that were in the finals last year, neither of you. Sure. Um, you know, Philly, I, they're not a contender, but they're a difficult team, particularly in the regular season. Knicks, again, same same thing as Philly, not a real contender. They're not going to win the title. Right. But they're a challenging, difficult team. And then you have this kind of unknown question mark in Cleveland. Are they going to take the next step? you know, shake off that embarrassing loss to the Knicks and, you know, kind of start to dominate a little bit, it's possible. But when you look at West, you go, you got really good teams out there. You got Denver, you know, you still have Golden State looming out there. Is Golden the Lakers State are... a championship contender still? Yep. I think this is the last year. Yeah. yeah. Fe- Phoenix made a lot of moves. I, I Phoenix, think right the Golden Lakers. State. You know, and then you've got these other, you know, this other team out there that's kind of in the same situation as the Knicks and and Cleveland in Sacramento. Who had a really great season last year. They lost a tough series to the Warriors, but they should be pretty good again. Can I throw and then you've got these couple of other unknown teams like Memphis and Dallas and Minnesota and about, the Pelicans. How about the one team you didn't bring up? Oklahoma I thought I City. mentioned every team. Oklahoma City. They're interesting to me. Now, yeah. are, are they going to be a championship? No, they're not going to be a contender. No. But, I mean, weren't they in the in the play-in or in the first out last year, one of those teams? Uh, they, they were – I think they lost the, the first play-in game. Yes, they, they were in one of the play-in games. Look, they've got some talent. They've got some guys and some young talent where if they get going a little bit – Luckily, the Celtics won't have to deal with it, but they could be a problem as a lower seed in a playoff seed. I think the West playoffs are going to be very deep. And I don't know, do you have the Lakers as a championship contender? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, you know, 
I have the Lakers, the Warriors, the Suns as championship contenders. Obviously, Denver is a championship contender. And then I have the Bucks and the and the Celtics. So those are those are my six true championship contenders. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, the Knicks are going to cause problems. The Cavs are going to cause problems. We'll see if there's another team that emerges. Miami is still tough. So th- there will be plenty of opportunities for the Celtics to prove themselves and early, and I can't wait for it. Oh, absolutely. I think this is going to be a phenomenal season. This is the best shot they have because it gets – really financially difficult moving forward. Um, I think the way they're set up is clear to me that, you know, Jalen Brown's not going to be here in three, four years. The way they're currently set up, they have to pay Tatum um, and they're going to have to figure some things out. So this, this window with the, the Jays, I think is rapidly closing and you got to figure it out. You got to win either this year or next year or else it's shut. That, that ups the ante a little bit. Um, you know, I will say this. It, it feels like Wick Grosbeck is willing to do what he needs to do to pay to keep the band together. I don't know if they're able to get the, the 18th banner, um, if that changes things. But it feels like he's, he's willing to do what he has to do. And I think a big thing, you, you say that it's shut. But, you know, they just paid Jalen Brown a lot of money. Um, Five years, $300 million. You know, how he responds to that deal I think is going to be a very big um, development for the Celtics because I'm not willing to say that he's gone definitively um, in a couple of years. I do think he's going to have to – I think they're going to have to wait and see how he responds to getting that type of money and that type of contract because if he shows no improvement going to his left, dribbling to his left, whatever it is, or he's embarrassingly bad in a playoff situation again, embarrassingly – I mean, what, what he was in the Heat – in the Eastern Conference Finals series was was Patriots level. I mean, that was like the Patriots are now. <laughs> it was that bad. So, you know, not to take shots, but that's what it was. It was it was never thought you'd get to that low of a point, and that's what it was. If he responds by doing that in the playoffs again with the money and the commitment that they gave him, then yes, I definitely do think he's gone. If he goes out there, Ben, and he puts the team on his back and he carries them to two wins in the Conference Finals and then he's the MVP of the NBA Finals... I don't think he's gone necessarily. Sure, so I do yeah, still that, think it's that, open. That that does change uh, changes the scenario. It does. I mean, if they win, then okay, maybe you look at it and go, okay, we've got the two guys. We just need to figure out how we can manipulate everything around them. You know, Horfu will be gone. That money will be freed up. That's ten million dollars. You'll move off some of these rotational guys. You know, Drew Holiday won't be here for four or five years. I don't believe. Yeah. You know, I, I think the the three that you're wanting to keep together are Tatum, Brown, and White. Everything around those guys is movable within the next couple of years. Sure. Um, you want to, to keep that three. Before, and again, I expect them to come out hot and look good and win this game against the Knicks on Wednesday and start hot and have a start to the season like they did a few years ago. I forget if it was Kyrie was here. One of those years where they were just unstoppable early in the year. I think it's going to be similar to that. They're going to win a ton of games early. They're going to look great. They're going to kill teams early. And then we'll see once it gets real, once they start playing closer games, once they get into the dog days of the regular season, then we'll really find out what this team is. But I think they're going to be good. Uh, Speaking along those same lines, real quick, before we get to rapid fire, I don't know how you feel, Mm -hmm. Ben. Um, You know, the Bruins, they play again tonight on our air. Um, I think it's a 10-30 puck drop out in L.A. on on 103.7 WEI. They're they're 3-0. They just won the other night out in San Jose. 
and I, you know, I, I didn't stay up to watch that game, but I checked. I don't know how you feel. Are you as annoyed as me or as, I don't know, I have this feeling like I can't handle them being dominant in the regular season again. I'm almost rooting <laughs> for them to lose some games. Like, I, I'm good with a 61%, 65% winning percentage and 110 points. Like, I don't need historic, dominant, can't lose, everything's good, shut out. Like, I can't do it after what happened in the spring. So I have found myself, like, when I, when I checked the score of, of the Sharks game, I was hoping they lost. Now, I don't want them to lose a lot, but, like, I, I can't do what they did last year again. I can't put, I can't put them in that position again. You know, I, I, I totally understand what you're saying, but I do want them to dominate in the regular season because I, you know, when I look back, I've seen teams that have great regular seasons and then flame out at the beginning of the playoffs. And when they come back and have another great regular season, they usually learn from that mistake. Okay. You know, I, I'm trying to think of, you know, 96 Broncos had a great regular season. Yeah. Then got beat by the Jaguars. No one expected the Jaguars to beat them. Mark Brunel stuffed them in a locker. And they were embarrassed. And then they came back the next year, dominated again, won, uh, won the Super Bowl, and then won another one the year after. Okay. You know, I, I, I think that scenario, I'm going to try and talk you into this. I want them to dominate again. I know what you're saying. And I, I, I get where you're coming from because you just don't want that letdown when playoff time comes. But no, I want them to dominate. I want to enjoy the regular season as much as possible and then hope that they actually learn from the mistake they made, not just the players, but Montgomery and the coaching staff in the playoffs and, and correct that issue. That Broncos analogy is a good one. And I, you know, not to sound negative about the whole situation because I really enjoyed the run in the moment, but I, I remember in real time, I had absolutely no faith in the Patriots' ability to go to Denver and win in that situation in 96 or in the 97 play, the 96-97 playoffs. They were, that was a gift from the football heavens that they, yes. that the Jaguars beat them and that they ended up coming to Foxborough and they hosted the AFC Championship game. Um, fun team, but they weren't beating Denver. Denver was awesome that year before they went to the new logos. All right, when we get back, rapid fire. This is Martin Kitchen Show, 1037 WEI. As a temperature star... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.